1290. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of AHA Presents About Education. I'm Neil Chrysell and I'm your host every week right here on AM 1290, repeated at 10, and Saturdays at 4. We're brought to you by Montecito Bank and Trust, proudly serving our communities and their financial needs for over 40 years. Pierre Lafon Wendy Foster, offering fine clothes, good food, and vintage wines. CSU Channel Islands, no matter which of their academic programs you choose, you will be at the center of your educational experience. And Sansum Clinic, whose multi-specialty team of medical professionals have been providing quality care to you and your family for 98 years. And we're here today with the co-founders of Gateway Educational Services, Audrey Gamble and Connie Alexander. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So when we first met a few minutes ago, you insulted me by saying... I still have a New York accent. How did I just do in, in, in doing that introduction? That was great. Thank and you. it wasn't an insult. It was a compliment. Oh, that's a good point. I have to take that. <laughs> I'm very sensitive about that because I've been here 21 years, and I'm under, I'm under the delusion that, it's, that, that I speak like a true California. Well, there are some words that you have captured that sound Californian, yeah. like coffee. Right. So do you think I could be a student at Gateway and help with my accent? Do you think do you have speech therapy? Hmm. I'm going to divert that to Connie. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need speech therapy. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us, so Gateway, um, uh, tell us about Gateway. What, uh, when did it begin and what, what actually is it? So Gateway Educational Services is a nonprofit here in Santa Barbara. We've been doing our services since 2009 uh, we are. We have the distinction of being Santa Barbara County's only for n- not-for-profit learning center. So there's a lot of people in this space that are assisting and tutoring and doing things with students, but they're for profit. And we have the distinction of being the only nonprofit that's doing this. And a learning center is defined as a learning center is defined as the space that you come to say, "I need some academic support." So for us, that means K through 12 students. It means you are, there's something that you are challenged with or some way that you would like to be challenged uh, academically. And how do the students come to you? Is it recommendations from the school or through word of mouth? How do they know about this program? Well, there's actually a number of ways. Word of mouth is pretty strong. Um, we have a pretty good reputation in that way. And we also get uh, referrals from other professionals, other parents who have students that at that attend um, sessions at Gateway Educational Services. And um, is there a cost to the students? Yes, so uh, people can benefit from our services through our sliding scale. So it's a scholarship system of a sliding scale that we take a look at where the family's income is and then we help them figure out how they can afford the services. A couple of our programs are purely scholarship. So we have a college readiness program for students who are underrepresented first generation and that scholarship. We have some academic summer programs, uh, STEM or STEAM camp for girls, photojournalism, and those are scholarship programs that we've raised money for that students can participate. And I take it your college readiness program does not include uh, taking pictures of the person uh, being a super 
a volleyball player. Uh, and therefore getting into USC. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to get into college, and we're, we're doing it the right way. Definitely the right way. Definitely doing the right way. So how many kids are you, are you, uh, do you service in a year? So in, in a year, so, you know, that's by term. So each yeah. fall, maybe there's about 40, uh-huh. a little over 40 um, students. Summer, there's a little bit more. So it just depends on the time of year. So are both you guys teachers? Do you teach also? Or are you administrating this? We kind of we we do, do everything. Yeah, we have all the hats. Okay. We wear all the hats. <laughs> yeah. And so, so um, how did you get interested in this? Were you a teacher? Were you teachers before, and then you got interested because there was a, a need for extra help, or what? What motivated you to do this? I think my own personal experience with education helped motivate me down this road. Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area. Grew up in San Francisco. Great community. Uh, had the opportunity to go to a uh, private high school, get a scholarship. But when it came time for college, it was really difficult. It was difficult to know how to go and what the direction was. I had a counselor who told me, hey, I don't think you're really college material. Here's a brochure to go to secretarial school. Wow. Nice. <laughs> and yet, uh, then a teacher stepped up and said, I think you're absolutely college material. Let me see how I can help you. So my personal motivation comes from never wanting any student to experience that again, that we still have an opportunity in this country through education to create access, to create um, equity. And so for me, it's really kind of a social justice issue. Like it's attached to that for me personally. I spent some time in higher education and I know what it takes to kind of get there. So wanting to find a way to create a space for families and for students that they just had a place to go where they could get that assistance. So a lot of our families are actually middle-income families, uh, lower-income families, but it's really challenging out there for middle-income families in our community to be able to afford this. You find out your kid can't read very well, what do you do? How do you figure it out? So we're in the space to kind of help them figure that out and, and give the students the services they need. You know, I go crazy when people say, I made it on my own, and everyone else should make it on their own. And in my experience, no one has ever made it on their own. It takes a village. And I, um, you know, at, uh, at a very young age, my parents got me tutors because otherwise I'd probably be pumping gas right now. And uh, that was through uh, getting into college. And it was a whole team of professionals <laughs> helping me get through a very difficult time. So when people say they did it on their own, I, I, I don't know anyone I've ever met coming through the world that didn't have support, didn't have people helping them. Uh, so, uh, Audrey, what's, how did you get involved? Was the same story or is it? Um, slightly different. I was an athlete in school and um, my coach really encouraged me to keep my grades up so that I can get into a good college and I can play basketball. I know I'm vertically challenged, but I could shoot the lights out. <laughs> Um, so what happened was I, you know, worked on my skills in basketball. I worked on my academic um, studies as well. And the only thing, though, I was not prepared for the SAT. I didn't know what it was for. I didn't know the scoring system or anything like that. I was completely in the dark when it came to that. And so my need for doing this is out of frustration from myself not being able to get the information that I needed. So I wanted to be able to reach back and help those who 
have similar situations or stories like mine. You know, in today's New York Times uh, front page, it says that the uh, college board decided to eliminate what they had announced four months ago, an adjustment to the board scores based on um, economic uh, situation of the test taker uh, because they got so much pushback from people thinking that that was unfair to give an assist, uh, which, you know, I think the advertisements of most of the companies that do uh, SAT tutoring is that they guarantee or they certainly indicate that if you take our course, you'll get an extra 100, 150 points. So if you have the 700 to 1,000, well, it was $700 when I was going to school. Who knows what it costs now to go to one of these you know, for-profit uh, tutoring? That, that pretty much gives you a really huge leg up. Well, it can, and those for-profits can be around $3,000 or oh, okay. $3,000 to do it. And within that $3,000— You mean the prices have gone up since 1968? Yes, it has. <laughs> okay. Yes, I it didn't, has. I had no it's idea. There for I don't think we mentioned and the those, year, but and, okay. And that setting is going to be about 25 students in a classroom working with a teacher, probably about 30 hours. On average, we spend over 100 academic hours on each one of our students that goes through our college readiness program mm -hmm. to prepare them. So, you know, what we know is our student scores go up 250 or 300 points wow. from what we're doing. And we're specifically working with a lot of students who are English learners. And we've some de developed some strategies very specifically to help them. So it, it can be done, but you need enough time to do it. And I'm not sure what you could do. No, we don't guarantee it's going to get you into a specific college. But what we know we will create is an environment that was rigorous enough and taught you study skills that you'll be successful when you do get to college. And yeah. what does the guarantee mean anyway? Yeah, so if right. you don't make the amount of points that are guaranteed, then what? Do you get your money back? or No. How does that work? Right. I don't think how does do. that work? Think do. Where, where no, do you go work. from there? Right, exactly. Right. So exactly. we don't believe in false hope and false promises, but we say we don't have any magic wands. We just have pencils over a gateway, and that's pencils and some hard work and a lot of support. You're listening to AHA Presents About Education on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. You're invited to dine indoors or on the secluded garden patio, the sunny patio, or the covered creekside patio with fireplace at Pierre Lafon's Montecito Wine Bistro, where you'll enjoy the popular pizzas and many other dishes from the wood-burning oven, daily specials from Chef Victor, and selections from the elevated wine menu featuring Lafon and Santa Barbara Winery Wines. Open daily at 11 for lunch, wine, cocktails, dinner, incredible desserts, and a daily happy hour from 3 to 6 with very unique appetizers, in the Plaza del Sol, Montecito Village. Sansom Clinic, we're there at the beginning. And all the little and big steps along the way. 200 physicians for your every need. A healthcare system where all profits go back into our community's health. Your health. Your doctors. Your healthcare system. Your health. Your doctors. Your healthcare system. Sansom Clinic. Good for you. 
Santa Barbara residents interested in a four-year degree have more than one choice. CSU Channel Islands is a four-year accredited university offering more than 30 academic programs that are interdisciplinary, multicultural, and centered on you, the student. Your professors are accessible mentors who go above and beyond to help you pursue an undergraduate or graduate degree or certificate to advance your career. Programs and workshops in classroom, online, with campuses in Thousand Oaks and Goleta. Call CSU Channel Islands at 805-437-8520 or online at csuci.edu. The Central Coast may seem laid back, but when it's time to work, no one works harder, including the bank that's grown up here. Montecito Bank and Trust offers customized lending and banking for all businesses, big and small. It's harder than offering one-size-fits-all solutions, but it's the right thing to do. And here, getting things right is a way of life. Montecito Bank and Trust. Behind every great community is a great bank. Montecito.bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to AHA Presents About Education. AHA using innovative social-emotional learning and character building to help teens. I'm Neil Chrysell, and we're here today with the founders of Gateway Educational Services, Audrey Gamble and Connie Alexander. So I just said that uh, AHA uh, offers innovative social-emotional learning. So before the break, we were talking about the SATs. How important is social-emotional learning uh, for your kids? Is that something that you work on, or is that something you leave to other groups? You know, I think it's just a natural integration in, into the programs, the social-emotional learning. I mean, we've figured out now that, you know, emotional intelligence is extremely important to success and how we are, are able to work with groups and how we're able to present ourselves. So it's kind of naturally integrated in our program. We do a lot of time and spend a lot of time around confidence buildings with students. A lot of times when students come to us, they might be behind in school, challenged in some way, and you know, they're dealing with self-esteem issues. So, of course, we need to directly do strategies with them that encourage them, that help them build the, so the self-esteem, and that lends itself right to that social-emotional building that happens for students. So, yeah, it's very important. Is there any individual tutoring that takes place if somebody comes in way behind? Yes, we all of our tutoring is on a one-to-one. -one. Oh, so it's no, it's not a classroom environment. No, no. So this is a great deal. Kids come in; it's very low cost of any, and they're getting individual instruction as opposed to at Santa Barbara High, which is a very good school, but there may be thirty kids in the class. Right. So this is really a wonderful uh, opportunity for these kids to, uh, to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. Because in a week, you think about it, in a week, how much individual time will a teacher have with a student and that's not anything against the teachers it's just the system that's set up yet you're kind of the kid that's in the middle a little lagging on behind well if in the course of a week you had two to three hours of someone working with you one-to-one -one, now what you can do and how you can gain or pick up is very different than the classroom setting. And it gives us an, uh, an opportunity to help that young person have different strategies that they can take back to the classroom, because that's what they need. They need success strategies, active reading, some other things that they can do to get back into the classroom. So I'm not trying to be funny here, but why don't you have thousands of students? I mean, it seems to me that I, I, I don't know that many students that wouldn't need your help. Why isn't everyone who's going to school today in Santa Barbara going to your group? Is it 
because they you can't you can't take them? Is it you have a, a waiting list of five thousand kids out the door, or is it lack of of knowledge? Is it lack of uh, motivation? Why isn't I mean, if I had a kid in the school, I you know, unless he or she was a rocket scientist, I would insist they go here. I think it's priorities sometimes for families, you know, just figuring out priority time. Like, what do we need to do? Their kids may be in sports. They're in some other things. They know that there might be an issue or something they're challenged with, and they kind of keep trying to work through the system that exists to, to just kind of push them through. Maybe it'll get better. We get a lot of that, you know. They say, well, we've been driving by your place for the last two years. Keep thinking we should come in and talk to you. And finally, we decided to come in and talk to you. Said, God, I wish you'd come in two years ago because we could have really jumped in here two years ago. So I, I think part of that is the family priority. And it's good to be on shows like this because more people can find out who we are and what we do. Is there a stigma attached to going? Do kids feel that they're stupid if they have to go to this? Yeah, we do get a lot of kids that feel like... Mm, Either they're not worthy or they can't learn in some particular subject. Um, but what we say is, you know, everyone has their way of learning. So it's our job to figure out what each student's learning style is. That's why we offer the one-to-one -one format. Because some of our kids are audio, audio learners. Some may be uh, oral. Um, some are kinesthetic. So, or it could be a mixture of those types of learning styles. So that's one of the first things that we do is to figure out how do you learn? How do you take information in and reproduce it, whether it be on paper or explaining it to someone? It's the difference between like a homework help and an assessment-based program. So our program is assessment-based. You can't start in on something if you really don't know where and what the student is challenged with. So parents can choose how they want that assessment, you know, if they want a reading assessment, reading and math or one or the other. If it's K through 4, we really encourage them to start with a reading assessment. So much of the curriculum, math or English, is reading-based that we need to know, hey, where's the real challenge? Is the stickler that you're struggling with reading? And from there, it's getting an individual program for them to figure out. How do we help you um, learn this a little bit better, be more focused, whatever those challenges are. But, yeah, it's very individual and assessment. Assessment's really the key. And does the assessment take into account things other than learning? Because these kids are challenged today, particularly teens, psychologically. There's psychological issues. There's drug issues. There's familiar issues. There's gender issues. When you... Do you take a holistic approach to when you analyze these kids or are you just looking at how well they read or how well they do arithmetic? So it's holistic, but we are not psychologists. So we certainly don't do an assessment that would be a psychological assessment, but it's about the intake when we have the opportunity to talk to their parents and their families. Of course, we want to know all of that. You know, if there's And if there's an, an opportunity for us to work or partner with another organization that has been helping that child, then it's about a team approach, getting everybody on the team to be on the same page so that we all know what part we are going to take. So we know what our part's going to be, and we know what's happening when they go for counseling, if they're seeing a psychologist. So, yeah, that holistic is extremely important. So um, when, a, when somebody comes in, um, is there resistance sometimes from the parent? I know there have been other programs where the parents say, if this is an after-school program, I assume this is an after-school program, I really want my kid working. 
you know, I need to put, you know, food on the table. You're, you're going to, you know, s screw around with my kid to, to do stuff that he's doing in school anyway. You're taking my child away from work. There are people, there are parents that take that view. Do you feel, do you find any of that resistance? Uh, I, not like, not in that way, no. We do get resistance from students that don't want to come in. Their parents bring them in because they realize, oh, we have a problem here. You can't read or the math is very difficult for you, so we need to get you some help, you know. And we, we often say the smartest people get help. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're there for is for them to, you know, the parents will recognize these issues and bring them to us. Yeah, but most of the parents that walk in, they're there because they've tried everything else. They've gone down every other avenue and they're exhausted they're frustrated and they're just trying to figure out what to do. So what you just said, no, we don't really get that. It's far more on the other side. And what about language? Is there multilingual teaching or everyone has to speak English? No, we have um, bilingual tutors. Um, just recently we've had some students that only spoke Spanish and so we were able to match them with a tutor that spoke to them in their native tongue. And the demographics of your students, are they, do they run the whole gamut, both racially, financially, and um, uh, educationally? I mean, is, there a, is, 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 it, you know, is it the rainbow coalition of students? Is, do we yeah, we kind of make that little joke a little bit <laughs> that it's like the global village when you walk in in the right. afternoon. You yeah. see a little bit of everybody in there. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, uh, some... Uh, you know, a doctor's kid could be sitting next to somebody else's kid who, who's their family's a wholly different economic situation, and they and nobody ever knows it. You know, like it's there's the equity across that says, I don't know who you are, but everyone's treated the same way and with the same care. So there's not anything where they would even know that there's a difference. No. Do the, the kids ever become friends? Is there yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. especially in the college readiness program right. because they're coming from different high schools uh -huh. um, and it's wonderful to see their support system with one another that they instantly kind of do the bond and figure out, hey, let's be study buddies and other things. So, yeah, absolutely. And what are the hours? Uh, is it is it tailor-made, the hours, or is it everybody comes at 3.30 until 5? I mean, what, how, do, how do you work the hours? So we have um, session times that are flexible, and they're based on the parent's schedule. So usually it's two hours a week. So um, twice a week they would come in because each session is an hour long. And if a parent has a good day on, say, Tuesday and Thursday, then we would, we would stick them in at maybe 3.30 to 4.30 and keep them on a set schedule because frequency is key when you're trying to get caught up in school. Okay. But we're there Monday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. We start as early as 1 and we're there till about 6.30 or 7. Um, there's a couple of days a week we're there later for athletes in particular to mm -hmm. work with students who are athletes and who need some support. But the t are the teachers full-time? The, the tutors are all part-time. Everybody's part-time. And what do they other do other than teach? Here? Do they teach in the school system too? So the majority of our tutors are, and our model has been, they are juniors and seniors at UCSB. We have some of our staff that are um, teachers' aides with the Santa Barbara Unified. So they're working kind of after school. But, yeah, it's a mixture. And, and that model with the demographic is actually very important to us. Yeah, and it also, by the way, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm telling you this. Uh, obviously, you probably know this much better than I do. It gives the 
teachers, the, 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 ju the seniors and juniors and sophomores at UCSB, leadership experience, empathy learning, they, you're giving uh, an education to the teachers, yeah. right. which is really, so it's a really, it's a double whammy. Mm -hmm. it's, and we've launched some teachers, right. which is it's, really fun. It's, yeah. it's a full circle um, type of setup that we have because a couple of our students that were, or I should say tutors that were students, have gone on to grad school at UCLA, USC, Stanford. So we launch careers for those that want to get in teaching too, and, and Gateway is where they start. You're listening to AHA Presents About Education on the Santa Barbara News Press radio station, and we'll be right back. In 1962, Pierre Lafond founded the first post-prohibition commercial winery in Santa Barbara County. In 1972, he planted his first vineyard in the San Ynez Valley west of Buellton and later hired legendary winemaker Bruce McGuire to continue to build on the stellar reputation that Santa Barbara Winery has achieved for more than 50 years. Today, you're invited to experience the award-winning wines at Santa Barbara Winery at the corner of Yananali and Anacapa and the LaFond Winery at 6855 Santa Rosa Road in Buellton. With some health providers, you get the impression that the final goal is profit. But Sansom Clinic is a nonprofit. Their final goal is health. Sansom Clinic was started by doctors and is still directed by doctors dedicated to offering the very best in healthcare and healing for our patients. A nonprofit organization where all earnings go back into continually improving healthcare for our community. Your health. Your doctors. Your healthcare system. Sansom Clinic. Good for you. Santa Barbara residents interested in a four-year degree have more than one choice. CSU Channel Islands is a four-year accredited university offering more than 30 academic programs that are interdisciplinary, multicultural, and centered on you, the student. Your professors are accessible mentors who go above and beyond to help you pursue an undergraduate or graduate degree or certificate to advance your career. CSU Channel Islands is affordable and financial aid is available with campuses in Thousand Oaks and Goleta. Call CSU Channel Islands at 805-437-8520 or online at csuci.edu. What's that? This, the newest online business banking around. Can you initiate wires and approve transfers? Yes. Pay bills. Check. Cash management. Of course. All business, all online, all on your phone. You bet. My computer, too. It's Montecito Bank & Trust's new business online banking. It works as hard as I do. Huh. Montecito Bank & Trust. You got it. Montecito Bank & Trust. Behind every great community is a great bank. Montecito.bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to AHA Presents About Education. AHA, improving attitude, creating social harmony, achieving, bridging the achievement gap for teens. I'm Neil Kreisel, and we're here today with Gateway Educational Services, the two founders, Audrey Gamble and Connie Alexander. And um, we're talking about... Um, uh, the various programs, and uh, I have to ask you, in my notes, there's something called New Day at Gateway. Now, <laughs> do you use that because it rhymes, or is there a New Day at Gateway? <laughs> so that's a phrase that uh, our board chair, Wendy Sims-Moten, shout out to Wendy out there. Thanks, so Wendy. Wendy <laughs> loves to come in and say, hey, it is a new day at Gateway, because right. what she's referring to is that there's something different when you walk in that door and that there's a turnaround situation for mm -hmm. students that it just doesn't feel like whatever was going on before, once you walked in this door, it's changed. 
and now we're on a new trajectory. Something else is going to happen. So we owe her a T-shirt. She keeps saying, you guys owe me a T-shirt. Yeah. And she wants a T-shirt that says, ask me why it's a new day at Gateway. So right. at some point, we'll, we'll get you the T-shirt. So you've had 10 years uh, experience, which means you've had uh, kids that have gone through the program, gone to college, and are in the real world. Do they ever come back and talk to you? Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Absolutely. They come back and talk to us. They come back and tutor they tell their story to the kids they're tutoring because it's important for these kids to see that someone that looks like them can do exactly what they did. Get, and graduate from high school, go to a great college, get a great education, and pay it forward by coming back to help others. I can think of like little third graders and fourth graders that we had when their parents brought them. Uh, and they were struggling with reading. I mean, really had fourth grade, could not read. And after about 15, 16 months with us, they walked out and, yes, they could read. And they then went on to honors. And then, you know, now our sophomores are about in college. And, and that's incredible to see. And that relationship is still there. Relationship's a big deal to us. It, it, yeah. We, we strongly believe in parent engagement. So just like each student is learning struggling in whatever whatever subject that may be the parent is there for support as well so they it's essentially like they're getting tutored too because they're learning the whole process that's so true and in a way it's unfortunate because kids that don't have engaged parents or no parents really have a much more almost impossible task and people sometimes don't appreciate it that without a whole support system it's yeah. very hard we have a young man that was that very story. So he was a student at San Marcos. And, you know, we usually, when we're going to add kids to the college readiness program, we send it out to the counselors and they'll come. And so the counselor came one evening, it was the deadline night, and said, well, I've got these kids and there's this one. Jeez, I don't know if you guys want to take him or not. He's kind of a pain in the butt, but, you know, here's his stuff. <laughs> and we said, okay, let me read it. We said, okay, we'll take the pain in the butt kid. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, take him. him. And uh, what a story. I mean, bright, sharp, really wanted to be there, but no family engagement and parents that just could not provide any support for him. And he just graduated from USF uh, with honors, with distinction. His name was in the program. We went up to San Francisco for his graduation. We got him in college. He, he camped out at our place at the corner. He worked 20 hours a week in high school at In-N-Out to support himself because he had to support himself and you know in between he was camped out at our place with his books trying to study and you know it came time he got into the program and he's got some pretty funny stories along the way we always tell the kids don't become a story and he did but um <laughs> and he looked at us and said okay i got one more problem We're like what, what we just got you into the school you got the scholarships he said i have a way to get there and it just hit us so hard are you kidding like, there was no one to take him. So we borrowed Van from a board member, and we took him to San Francisco. And we moved him into his dorm room and took him to Target and did all the pieces. Because on that day, he needed to feel like he had that support. Can you imagine all the other students are moving in with their families, and then there's not that person, that mom person, fussing over you and doing those things, you know. And so just talked to him the other night. He's graduated. He's got a great job with Adobe. Adobe. Yeah, yeah really nice paying job, I will say, yeah. uh, with Adobe. <laughs> and, 
you know, he is he's an incredible story. This is a young African-American that I think would have definitely fallen behind, fallen by the wayside that wouldn't have gotten that. But, yeah, that's okay. what we mean about relationships. I just want to emphasize one thing you said because I, I've been thinking about this ever since I heard about it 30 years ago. There's a charity in New York called Prep for Prep, which is a very, very big charity because a lot of Wall Street people support it. And the short story is they find kids who are in the – and this is not for everybody. They find kids who are very, very smart in crummy schools with no money. So I guess it's already selective. And they take them from seventh grade, and they put them in the most exclusive private schools, and they tutor them. They do everything they can for them. Then they get them into Harvard, okay? And these kids all do fantastically well. So the, st the story that made all of the newspapers one day, this kid who was absolutely brilliant, was at Harvard, and he was in his junior year, and he had great grades. Uh, he was involved in a robbery and got murdered. Mm -hmm. and, and they they did some research and found out that he had no support in the summer. Mm. He went back to the hood. He went back to where he had no, he didn't have the same kind of relationships the kids had, at, you know, in the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And right. all of a sudden, people began to realize you just can't give a kid take them out and give them nine months and then throw them back wherever they are. Yeah. So when you, when you said th this, this child couldn't get to school, you got to think about, you know, everything, you know. Everything, yeah. yeah. There was a Pew Foundation study that said that exact same thing, that without full support on everything in life, the underrepresented first-generation students, it's not lack of money and lack of funding but it's lack of support mm -hmm. as to why they drop out. So the students that we work with, we stay with them that whole four years. I mean, we're, we're, we're with them the whole time they're in college. Mm -hmm. So speaking of uh, the uh, teachers that are now at UCSB, I have to put a plug into one of our sponsors. Uh, CSUCI has a very robust uh, mentor-mentee program where they have uh, 60 or 70 mentors uh, helping 700 mentees. Uh, where the kids who come in as first generation may not know what the word matriculation means more <laughs> and they have no idea what an advisor is or what court courses they have to take and where do you get um, toothpaste uh, <laughs> and what happens when I feel homesick and uh, so it, it creates a uh, safety net it, by the way just like with your students at UCSB, your teachers, it also develops leadership skills in these kids. Anyway, the, they've had, had this for a number of years, and the statistics are amazing. The dropout rate of these first-generation kids that have mentors is uh, uh, substantially better than for people without mentors. So there are different clever ways that have to be done to give the kid not just you know math tutoring, <laughs> yeah, right. but to give them a sort of everything. I'd like to give CI a shout out too because we have a group of young ladies that came through our college readiness program, five of them, and we call them the Fab Five because some of them have come from uh, ready, um, remediation through our program, and we got them to Cal State Channel Islands. And every year they come back and tutor kids. Wow. They come back and coordinate our summer programs. We love these girls, and they have been thriving at Channel Islands. One wow. of them has just returned from Europe from a study abroad program. So it's been a wonderful experience for them. Love the CSU system. Mm -hmm. More should take advantage of the practical application and the way the courses are done there. So yeah, we love our Fab Five. It's been an incredible experience for them. Yeah, thank you. And uh, uh, one of the things that 
I think, at least in this community, uh, although we do, this station does go down to Ventura, but in Santa Barbara, people don't realize uh, how many city college kids go there and how many students from Lompoc and, you know, Santa Maria uh, go to uh, CSUCI. Um, you're listening to AHA Presents About Education on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back. Celebrating 50 years of serving loyal, regular guests and first-time visitors, the Pierre Lafon Market and Deli invites you to enjoy their huge selection of fresh-baked sweets, cookies, carrot cake, muffins, and the famous farm cake, granola, Oreo popcorn, wine cake, homemade soups, and the popular fresh juice bar, or get a coffee drink or fresh-squeezed juice and peruse the famous wall of greeting cards at the Pierre Lafon Market and Deli, open 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily in the Plaza del Sol, Montecito Village. Sansom Clinic, we're there at the beginning. And all the little and big steps along the way. 200 physicians for your every need. A healthcare system where all profits go back into our community's health. Your health. Your doctors. Your health care system. Your health. Your doctors. Your health care system. Sansom Clinic. Good for you. Santa Barbara residents interested in a four-year degree have more than one choice. CSU Channel Islands is a four-year accredited university offering more than 30 academic programs that are interdisciplinary, multicultural, and centered on you, the student. Your professors are accessible mentors who go above and beyond to help you pursue an undergraduate or graduate degree or certificate to advance your career. Programs and workshops in classroom, online, with campuses in Thousand Oaks and Goleta. Call CSU Channel Islands at 805-437-8520 or online at csuci.edu. The Central Coast may seem laid back, but when it's time to work, no one works harder, including the bank that's grown up here. Montecito Bank and Trust offers customized lending and banking for all businesses, big and small. It's harder than offering one-size-fits-all solutions, but it's the right thing to do. And here, getting things right is a way of life. Montecito Bank and Trust. Behind every great community is a great bank. Montecito.bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to AHA Presents About Education. AHA, helping teens achieve goals, surmount challenges, stop bullying, and communicate and listen effectively. I'm Neil Chrysell, and we're here today with the founders of Gateway Educational Services, Audrey Gamble and Connie Alexander. So one of the programs we haven't talked about is your STEM program for girls. The first question is, why just girls? Well, research has shown, and, and the field, the STEM field, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, is that we still have quite a gap of, in terms of participation. There's very few females still in those professions. Like something less than 22% of those professions have women involved. Girls tend to, ages 9 to about 14, it's kind of when they decide to check out on all that, and there's been some research that shows that. So we wanted to create a safe space where they could come, create, design, learn, and we could really expose them for the very first time to some things that they've never thought about or heard about. Uh, so most of the girls that come are underrepresented, and, and just like our other model, first generation. So yeah, shout I, out to some people who have been helping us do this. I actually knew the answer to that question, and I had a guest here from uh, one of the college, local colleges who teaches chemistry. Uh, 
And she said that when she was in college, when she was a freshman in college, her professor, who was a woman also, uh, dissuaded her, tried to dissuade her from doing science because she said it's going to be a real tough road. You shouldn't be doing it. Wow. So even women mm-hmm. professors, women advisors, have this prejudice against other women. So it's really, if that's the case, exactly. it's really got to be difficult. Yeah. So the girls need an environment <laughs> where they feel successful and they can meet other women. So shout out right now to Raytheon because they invite us every summer to bring the girls. Mm-hmm. The girls meet female engineers. They come up with a design challenge project for them. They love it. And we've been going for about four summers. And some of the girls have been every summer. And now this is like the highlight of their summer when they get to go for their Raytheon time. And now they can picture themselves in those jobs and and think about, hey, you know, this is a, a, an opportunity for us to be able to do this. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, they, it's great that it's they great that they they support these businesses support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have no idea how many STEM fields or careers that are available to them. They think just engineering, one thing, one thing always. But when we take them to Raytheon, they're exposed to all the types of engineering uh, fields that they have. I available think that's there. true for every business. I don't think unless the kids are sitting at the dinner table with parents that happen to know about business and that, these mm-hmm. kids don't really know what the world is like. They really, right. they really need to bring people in mm-hmm. to give them a taste of what's out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we, it's not just like the engineering, but we do math, we do biological sciences, we do chemistry experiments and projects. So they kind of get a feel for, get their hands dirty and play um, and, and experience and I think that we underestimate how important experiences through play are still important in developmentally for children. So we really have an attitude that it's okay to be messy here. It's okay to do this in the summer and have fun with this. So, you know, we, we, we're we excited about that. We love that program. So when I was in business, I, I used to look at some of the new people we hired. Um, and universally, whatever school they went to, they couldn't write. I mean, this is before computers proliferated. They just couldn't write. They didn't know how to write a declarative sentence. They, they were all over the place. And, you know, it turned out, at least then, I don't know if it's still true, that no one taught writing. And um, to me, it's, one, it's as important as emotional intelligence. If you can't get your idea across, either verbally or in writing, you're not going to succeed. So do you deal with writing? Definitely. Yeah. We, we feel the same way, that it's such a core piece to be able to express yourself. But a lot of students are fearful of it because they fear, like they don't just know what to do. So we help give some structure to it, you know, to teach them a structure behind writing to help them express themselves um, and then help them with pieces that have to do with the grammar and punctuation and all those things. We have issues now in schools because sometimes people say, oh, they're just all going to just do spell check on the computer. So we don't have to teach them any of that. But you know, when it comes to being able to express yourself later, whether it's a job, college, you know, you need that. So, yes, we absolutely help students with writing. Well, it's if, very important if, to us. If you want a good argument against that statement, I, I have an MBA and I, I'm such a bad speller that I can't get it to go to spell check. You know, <laughs> it, it's, I'm serious. So, you know, I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but just get no. it close enough that spell yeah. check knows what you're talking about. Right. right. And, and <laughs> texting. Oh, texting yeah. is so popular language that we often get essays with abbreviations that you would see in a text message and it's 
it's hard to, so a lot of times we have to unlearn bad habits yeah. and teach the better habits or better strategies to accomplish the writing. So it's, it's, it's been a difficult road since a lot of the kids nowadays use texting as a form of communication. Yeah, Even I when they're standing right next to each other, sometimes they're just texting and, did you get my text? No, I didn't get it. They'll look at well, their phone. Oh, there's your text. Well, you know, it, and what's really unbelievable about kids, when I, I taught for 12 years at City College, and I would um, look in the room and there'd be like two girls sitting like eight rows behind me mm -hmm. texting, and then they would kind of look at each other. They were texting each other. Right. You know, and, and I would say, you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> you know, it's your eight rows. I can yeah. see. You know, but it's just, it's rude besides. It well, is, yeah. and, and I think that's why. So all the programs we do in the summer and even with college readiness, we have portions of those programs where the kids create a presentation and then we actually make them get up and give that presentation. Mm -hmm. So those oral speaking skills, I started with um, speech, communication, forensics team, all that kind of great stuff in college. And so being able to get up and present your ideas in an organized manner. Mm -hmm. So all those little summer programs we do, that's a part of the program. And at first they look at us like, are you kidding? We're going to do it. But then they end up loving it. Yeah, I and they, they gain confidence from I, it. I did it at City College where I put a, a video camera on my shoulder behind me. And what was so instructive is that they couldn't believe what they look like. Uh, Definitely. You know, they're looking down. They're looking like this. They're fidgeting. You know, part of the self-awareness is self escapes all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I think I look great in the day. I come home and I look in the mirror. I said, was I, was I walking around <laughs> like that? So, <laughs> you know, you got to have a best you. friend because that's what best friends are for. They pull you aside and go, hey, you know. Uh, you, you got, got something wanna, on your eye. Hey, you got right? something in your teeth. You yeah. know, that's what best friends do. So uh, one last thing about writing. Do you do any creative writing, too? Because that sometimes is a breakthrough for ki kids. Instead of writing you know, you know, uh, a business letter, but just mm -hmm. write anything, just to write. We have some fun, wacky prompts that we use on the creative writing side, especially the fourth, fifth, sixth graders, because that's where they tend to get caught up. So we'll use that as an icebreaker prompt on the creative side, where it's really fun flip book, and they do this thing, and it's kind of funny. The shark had a newspaper, and he was trying to do what with the newspaper, or just things, anything like that that'll kind of get him going. And you're right. The creativity of that in the moment, the flow that comes out is incredible. And then we go put it back together and, and fix the story and do some of that. And, yeah, we use that a lot, especially a lot right time, there, fourth through sixth grade. Sorry. A lot of times the hesitation behind writing is the fact that students think that the first paper should be the final paper. Mm -hmm. Writing is about is rewriting. Yeah. So we get it out first. Don't worry about the spelling the grammar, the punctuation, all of that. Just get the ideas out and we can go back and fix it, format it, and all of that and, and polish it up. The ones that are in the college readiness, when they're worry, working on those college essays, um, I spend some time with them with Anne Lamont's Bird by Bird, where we're just thinking about how we take it apart, that writing is rewriting, and, and getting that vision of yourself when you have to go express yourself the first time and say, this is who I am on a piece of paper can be really challenging, but it's a great process. Well, you know, our engineer, Richard, is so good that you're going to, if you listen to a tape of this show, you'll see how well we all spoke because she ma he makes us sound better because he's oh, always good. editing in, in real time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you're listening to... AHA presents About Education, and we'll, believe it or not, be back with our final segment.
you're invited to dine indoors or on the secluded garden patio, the sunny patio, or the covered creekside patio with fireplace at Pierre Lafon's Montecito Wine Bistro, where you'll enjoy the popular pizzas and many other dishes from the wood-burning oven, daily specials from Chef Victor, and selections from the elevated wine menu featuring Lafon and Santa Barbara Winery Wines. Open daily at 11 for lunch, wine, cocktails, dinner, incredible desserts, and a daily happy hour from 3 to 6 with very unique appetizers in the Plaza del Sol, Montecito Village. With some health providers, you get the impression that the final goal is profit. But Sansom Clinic is a nonprofit. Their final goal is health. Sansom Clinic was started by doctors and is still directed by doctors dedicated to offering the very best in health care and healing for our patients. A nonprofit organization where all earnings go back into continually improving health care for our community. Your health. Your doctors. Your health care system. Sansom Clinic. Good for you. Santa Barbara residents interested in a four-year degree have more than one choice. CSU Channel Islands is a four-year accredited university offering more than 30 academic programs that are interdisciplinary, multicultural, and centered on you, the student. Your professors are accessible mentors who go above and beyond to help you pursue an undergraduate or graduate degree or certificate to advance your career. CSU Channel Islands is affordable and financial aid is available with campuses in Thousand Oaks and Goleta. Call CSU Channel Islands at 805-437-8520 or online at csuci.edu. What's that? This, the newest online business banking around. Can you initiate wires and approve transfers? Yes. Pay bills. Check. Cash management. Of course. All business, all online, all on your phone. You bet. My computer, too. It's Montecito Bank and Trust's new business online banking. It works as hard as I do. Huh. Montecito Bank and Trust. You got it. Montecito Bank and Trust. Behind every great community is a great bank. Montecito.bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to AHA Presents About Education. AHA helps teens manage their emotions, support their peers, and serve their community. I'm Neil Chrysell, and we're here today with Gateway Educational Services, the two co-founders, Audrey Gamble and Connie Alexander. And... Um, one of the things we didn't spend that much time on is, is, is college planning, which is really absolutely critical. And one of the things that um, I think every kid that is planning on going to college, and we can talk about lack of knowledge, we can talk about lack of skills, but one of the things that's really, really profound is the anxiety that goes ar along with it. So is that something you can deal with? The, the whole issue of how am I going to do this? Oh, yeah, because you need a roadmap. Mm -hmm. And so we come in and, and sit down to help them understand this is how the process can work. This is where it's accessible to you, you know. So we have a whole part of the program that, you know, at first we do all the test prep to figure out, hey, how to get you there. Then now uh, in the fall we're working on everything that you have to do. And we have timelines and support. And so we manage that timeline with each one of those students and their families. So we're meeting with their parents to talk about FAFSA, how to fill it out, what you have to do. Because for first-generation students, it's not just them that feeling that anxiety. It's parents that are feeling that anxiety. So, you know, one feeds the other. So we sit down with moms and dads separately and say, talk to us about your anxiety right now. Where are you right now in this whole process? And how can we help you with that so that we all are spending positive time with this young person? Person, so they feel your support and you mom and dad can call us and cry on the phone or whatever's going on you share that with us but let's keep it confident 
and, and positive with the student. So if you're listening and you're, um, you're um, impressed as I am with this program, how do you donate money? There's a nice big donate button on our website. Uh, it's uh, gatewayeducationalservices.org, top right hand, big red button that says donate. And we'd appreciate the donations. We do not receive any government funding. We are all, um, you know, small grants, uh, individual donors, and the fee for services that's on that sliding scale is how we're making it. And it's, you know, it's quite a... Um, it's challenging. It's challenging mm-hmm. here in Santa Barbara to, to keep the doors open, to pay the rent, all those great things. It's challenging in this, in this environment. Yeah, you know, I can imagine, uh, you know, for any not-for-profit, uh, every year you start from zero. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes there's donor fatigue. You know, they'll be, mm-hmm. you'll get a foundation, a small foundation, giving you money for five years, and they'll say, you know what, we have to take a break. But you're not taking a break. No. Exactly. So what about some kind of, uh, of um, a fundraiser? Is that in the, in the cards? It's in the cards. We're working on a few things. A couple of our board members recently, uh, Ben, hi, Ben, shout out there to Ben, yeah. <laughs> had a great idea about uh, putting together a wine tour uh, kind of fundraiser that we want to try probably in November to see if we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a building? You keep mentioning it. Yeah, we're located at 4850 Hollister Avenue, right there in the Vaughn's Shopping Center on the opposite side of Played Against Sport. About a hundred steps from San Marcos High School. Yes. <laughs> so, do you own the building or? No. no. So we we're renting in that shopping center. So mm-hmm. we're in the shopping center. Yeah. yeah that's great. We that wish you, that you that you uh, that you have a space. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Brick and mortar is still important out there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all you do. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not in high school now going to college because I probably <laughs> could have increased my my uh, my college boards and gotten into even a better school. But I guess I'll have to just make do. Yeah, you'll just have to uh, make do. Well, thank you again for being thank here. Thank you, Neil. And thank you for listening to AHA Presents About Education, and we'll see you next week. It's 